Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a very special edition where we are actually not going to talk about dead people in the same way as usual. This time we're going to be talking about, well, what is it that we're going to be talking about, Neil? We're going to be talking about theoretical dead people. Yes, and why are we doing this? Because we felt like it. We're podcasters who have complete creative control over our platform unlike people like joe rogan who's being actively censored by spotify and we can yeah. do whatever <laughs> the fuck we want what a loser joe rogan yes. is am i right yes the most the richest podcaster in the history of the platform what a loser yeah well who wants to be talking to that many dumb mass like dumb masses yes. as he does anyway right i mean we talked to our little group of select few people who somehow stumbled across us on the internet yeah we didn't get it's better we didn't get hit in the face with kickboxers and then suddenly became the reality show star of a place that makes you eat duck fetuses and cockroach penises and then all of a sudden becomes a podcaster we didn't do that we did it the old-fashioned way Eat. That's right, and we're the real strong ones, and fear is not a factor for us because we don't need Spotify money to make our podcast, now do we? That's right. <clears throat> well, on that note, I should warn everybody, I've been feeling a tiny bit under the weather <laughs> for a couple of days, so I sound slightly more gravelly than usual. And I should warn everybody, too, I've been a little bit under the cloud of marijuana smoke, so I might be a little bit zanier than usual than usual i feel like the last several times we've done this you've been on edibles or been puffing on something and yeah but that's behind the paywall fun time. like they only like 10 or 15 people watch that at max like this is for the, ma true. the masses really haven't seen me fucked up but yet. they're about to yeah, they're about to so you better better put your best foot forward <clears throat> so we're gonna be talking about that classic question that one that you you always ask you know and once you've been through a history class or something like that, where somebody comes up to you and says, if you could live part of a life in another era and another place at another epoch of the human story, where would that be? That wasn't the question was I all... thought you were going to ask. Well, what, what did you think I was going to ask? I thought you were going to say, if you had enough money, would you have gone to Epstein's Island? But the time travel no, that... is a good question, too. That's that's premium content right there. Oh, okay, there. that's right, behind the paywall. But, but we're going to stick... Okay, speaking of Epstein, you know, like four or five years ago, if you said that guy's name or even said, oh, something went on there, like there's something going on there, people would be like, you're crazy. And now that I was like scrolling through Netflix today and there's like documentaries yeah. about the guy. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I remember the we... internet days were like, as soon as you like negatively mentioned that guy, everyone accused you of believing in Pizzagate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember that. I remember all that, you know chasing this story throughout all the various internet boards where the scary people hide this ridiculous narrative and then suddenly oh my god it's on tv but we're not talking about epstein we're talking about dinosaurs of a different kind yes reptilians of a different so kind. i believe the first question when it comes to time travel you know since you mentioned dinosaurs is if you <clears throat> went back to the jurassic or cretaceous period what dinosaur are you riding into battle well, can I say Barney? <laughs> I feel like that's not the kind of person you want in your corner during a battle. That's true. Okay. Well, I only know of like three major candidates that could work for this. So there's the T-Rex, the Stegosaurus, and 
whatever the hell that thing was in um that movie Dinosaur, the big giant T-Rex with the horns. What were those called? Do you know? Um no. Ugh, probably one of those. You're talking about um Triceratops? No, no, it's like a T-Rex but way bigger. Are you talking about like from the new Jurassic Park or the Jurassic World movie? No, the animated dinosaur movie. Remember Dinosaur? No. You're talking about the TV, the TV show that was kind of like uh, Home Improvement mm-hmm. with dinosaurs? Or are you talking no. about a Land Before Time? I'm not talking about a Land Before Time. The 3D animated film Dinosaur. <laughs> you never saw this? No. I feel it's like it's terrible. I feel like that doesn't like, really narrow it down. I feel like that's the name of a lot of movies that came out in our children's <laughs> generation or when the generation we were children. It's like the land before time mixed with the 10 commandments with Charlton Heston. That's what it's like, but it's also, so it's an epic kind of, but it's not like a Bible. It has bi- biblical themes and stuff. It's really weird. It has monkeys in it that talk. Oh, so it's a creation of no, it's not. Well, no, if it, it has monkeys, then they, that, that sort of aligns with like the creationist theory that there were humans and dinosaurs, which I feel like that's that should be the first place we go. Like We should bring a, a GoPro to the beginning of time and be like, all right, what happened here? Well, getting back to the question, what dinosaur would you ride into battle? Uh, Stegosaurus is a good choice. That brings enough uh, defensive power. There's also Ankylosaurus which is like that, but it's like a flat with a hard shell and the big club on the tail. Um, I feel like a T-Rex would be kind of unwieldy. You really wouldn't be able to ride him that well. Yeah. Um, You'd have to have a really good pair of chaps to ride Honestly, like Honestly, Stegosaurus is the best way because not only do you have something to grab onto, you can also shelter yourself behind to, project, to protect yourself from incoming projectiles. You can be like, uh, like an elephant archer, but it's a Stegosaurus archer instead. Stegosaurus Archer sounds pretty badass. Yes, but. I, that would be a terrifying thing to bring back into the modern... Like, even against a tank. Like, if I was in a tank and someone was charging at me on a Stegosaurus with a bow and arrow, I would just get out and leave. I'm like, I don't want to fight this guy. Well, you're stuck with a choice. It's like, do I destroy the last living specimen of this creature that shouldn't had, hadn't been here for millions of years? Or do I let it smash me like a little can of tuna? It's like that uh, one movie with William Defoe where he's hunting the Tasmanian tiger. I know that's a what? very obscure reference, but maybe somebody out there understood it. Wait, wait, I think I know what movie you're talking about. It's like, it's the last, like, the Tazzy Tiger is supposed to be extinct, <laughs> and they find, like, one in the wilderness of Tasmania, and he has to, like, go and hunt it down. That sounds really good, and it's, actually. like, all, it's, it came from that one studio, Magnet. They made a few mm. really weird, they produced, like, um... Not Bill and Ted. The other, the the Adult Swim one that it was like really out there. Tim and Eric. Tim and Eric. They did that. Yeah. They did that one movie like God Bless America, where the two people just go around like shooting people who casually annoy them. That sounds, yeah. Anyway, I saw I I was it was one. <laughs> I I forget what movie it was, but I had a DVD that I watched all the time that had. One of the advertisements was for this movie. So when eventually, it, I think it came on Netflix or something, I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll watch it. And it's all about, like, Willem Dafoe, and, like, he's he's supposed to shoot this tiger because it's supposed to, like, have the cure to cancer or some disease, which, like, why wouldn't you capture it? 
<laughs> try to find a way to breed this thing so you can get more cures to cancer or whatever it was. There's a couple of holes in that plan of shooting the last Tasmanian tiger to cure cancer. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds silly to me. But anyway, yeah, that's a... I don't know how we got on... Oh, yeah, because you said you didn't want to kill the last of something. Plus, if someone's riding a Stegosaurus, it stands to reason he also went into the future in time and got, like, a beam rifle that, like, blows through your tank or whatever. So either way, you don't want to fuck with somebody on a Stegosaurus. Because they might have a beam rifle. Be yes, they might have some kind of future tech that just, <laughs> like, maybe the Stegosaurus has, like, nano armor or, you know, whatever. Well, that uh, reminds me of that, that classic dilemma. If time travel is invented sometime in the future, wouldn't we have seen time travelers by now? Yeah. What do you think? Is Mike Pence a time traveler? That's a, uh, <laughs> maybe. Is the multiple Pence theory real? That's a, um, that's like a, there was literally a, a Rick and Morty episode where like they're in space and a snake bites him and dies. So he feels guilty. So he sends a snake from Earth back to the snake planet. And then like somehow this kicks off a technological revolution and they start like the whole scene is based on like different time travelers. Like Snake Terminator shows up and then Snake John Connor. And then like there's like a bunch of people like start showing up. And so eventually they go back in time even farther and give them time travel. So eventually they alert the time police to go back and like change everything. But like the theory is like once one time travel is invented sooner or later, like another time travel is invented to go back and stop the original. So it becomes like a, an, an Ouroboros or Ouroboros or what, the snake that eats its tail that yeah, signifies Ouroboros. infinity. But um, do you think that's how time travel would work? Uh, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, if we re personally, as a Christian, I don't think that time travel will ever exist. Because, well, but hear me out here. If, if there is, okay, okay. A, like, whether it's Christianity or Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, like anything, well, actually, Buddhism doesn't have a supreme God. Any religion with a supreme God, polytheism, like, there's no way the god or gods is going to allow humans to create something that will undo their plan. Because, I mean, if you have a being who does have omniscience, and all of a sudden somebody goes back and changes something, all of a sudden that god loses their power because they no longer can see clearly. You know, sort of like a Dr. Manhattan from Watchman, like the nuclear war threw up so many tachyons, it st stopped his ability to see farther into the future. I've never seen Watchmen, but I oh. I tend to think that ahem, I I tend to think that time travel probably doesn't work like we've been shown in the movies or anything like that. If it works at all, <clears throat> for example, have you seen Missing Four One One? No, that is no. I've never even heard of like an advertisement for that movie. Well, it's this it's this really weird documentary I put up I put on today, and it's about how a lot of the hikers that go missing in the woods and like are never found again have a lot in common. And there are these pockets all over the United States where hikers frequently go missing and are never found, not for like years. And they'll usually find them in places they looked like several dozen times with dragnets and helicopters and dogs and everything. And so it's like they kind of pop out of existence and pop back in and then they die. <laughs> and then they find their bodies in the woods years later. And one theory I read <clears throat> is the cave system theory, 
which is that all of these all of these uh, mountain ranges and stuff have these cave systems that are really easy to fall into and people get lost and then they follow the cave out and they end up in a faraway place with you know less supplies or whatever and anyway but then i i heard heard another theory that these places are like energy wells and time itself shifts when you're out in the forest and there's this one part in the movie where they're interviewing this lady who was sitting in a tree stand one time and it's almost like time froze all around her and she saw this ripple in space right in front of her and then it snapped forward um, and she thought basically what she'd seen was one of these doorways into another realm so that could be that. I don't know. So she didn't go looking for it, like try to find the epicenter. She was in a tree stand. She saw it from far away. Yeah, and but then still, it, like you, you walk in that general direction. You know, if I see, but you got to climb down and you got a yeah. bow and everything. You know, you don't want to do that. Not for some stupid space ripple. Yeah, I feel like anyway. I would, I would be definitely. I'm definitely the white people in the horror movie that investigates the haunted house immediately after <laughs> hearing here, like get out. Like, oh yeah, I'm going in there. Fuck that ghost. You, like, tighten up your little number jersey from school. All right, ain't no ghost gonna fuck with me. That's you. <laughs> that reminds me of a, a... So you would be the guy who goes missing in the woods. <laughs> essentially. Um, it reminds me of this one YouTube video. It was one of those, like, creepy pastas where people just, like, read, like, 4chan posts or whatever. And it was about these, like, workout buddies, and the one guy finds his house is haunted. And so in order to, like, stop the ghost, he just starts, like intimidating them like every time the ghost like try to like scare him he'll just like start like punching the walls and like throwing things like he was like he took like like a bible and like rubbed his balls on it and like rubbed it on all the walls and like eventually like the ghost like tell him something and he punches a wall near where they are and he finds these like documents that like say the previous homeowners were screwed over by this landlord and eventually he goes and like beats up the landlord and comes back and the ghosts are like, you freed us or whatever. He's like, oh, I didn't realize you guys were real. This guy. <laughs> so and by the logic of the story, this guy was just destroying his house for no reason. <laughs> because there could be a ghost. Because, I mean, yes. you can't risk it. Yeah. You can't risk that. I mean, if the ghost is trying to scare you, the best thing to do is scare it back. Right. Because then it has it has literally it can't interact with the physical world. It can just scare people, but like if it, you can't scare people, then it, it's just like, well, what am I doing here? Sort of like the media. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> they freak you out and you start blowing up your own house, yeah. and then at the end of it, they're like, "Ooh, you freed us!" And then they flee to another country, <laughs> none of which has anything to do with time travel. <laughs> no, we we've been all over the place yes. since the beginning of this. One and could- I do want to know though. I do want to know if you could pick, like, one era to, like, live part of a life in, not your whole life, but say, like, five years. If you could live for five years in one part of the world at one part, one particular time, what would it be, like, off the top of your head? Well, we're getting, this is sort of the crux of what I wanted to talk about. Like, this whole idea started off, like, one thought I had one time, and I just sort of expanded it. So, if you could send your present self back into time somewhere one of a few things is going to happen either the locals immediately kill you because you're some strange person who has magical devices and they immediately like burn you as a witch or a god or whatever um or you or everybody else around you dies of a disease because 
it's essentially like a dual version of first contact in the Americas. When Europeans come over, they have like advanced smallpox and all this crazy biological stuff that spreads around and kills literally 90% of North and South America just by disease. And you're also, you're looking at it the other way, like all of the vaccines you have in your body from birth, like they're not, they're not really going to save you from like a disease thousands of years in the past. Like short of you, I feel like you could go back in time, like maybe 150 years and not immediately get some kind of pathogen that would kill you. True. Because, you know, diseases mutate over time. So, you know, maybe polio when we cured it is chemically and structurally different from polio back in like Julius Caesar's day, assuming they had polio back then. You're being way more practical uh, practical about this than I would be. I'd be like, I'd like to live five years with the Vikings so I can fight with swords and ride in big boats. <laughs> yeah. It's as, it's as stupid as I am about it, but you're like, yeah, you could probably well, destroy the entire planet or well, die instantly. Yeah. I mean, I know everyone in attendance pretty much was going to have to go back to Constantinople with a few assault rifles, you know, to defend the, the holy city from the Ottomans. Sure. I mean, sure. I know we're all doing that, but. Well, the amount of the amount of ammunition and cleaning supplies you would have to take would be very impractical. You would need like essentially like a Santa sleigh time machine. Like you would need a very big, large compartment in the back to store all the things you would need. Yes. So now we're talking about the compression of space. So now we have time travel and space compression. So now that's two yeah. like space age technologies. Well, you know, it's like. Uh, you know the classic time machine story which have you ever do you ever read the original novel that's very good yeah. i remember we had to read that for ap like my my uh english teacher had like this like double bookshelf full of a bunch of books and like you the only difference between ap freshman and sophomore year was you had to do an extra like 10 vocabulary words a week and you had to write three book reports like it is essentially an easy bonus or a boost your college grades and so you know i i went to all the 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 sci-fi classics you know i did the invisible man the time machine um i didn't do journey to the center of the earth i did a, i did another jules verne book anyway but that's like the um like the, the time machine from that where it's like almost like a sled where it has like the components or whatever, but it's got like a back seat or whatever. Like you could bring some stuff with you, like a few backpacks or sacks worth of items. But then you come to the problem of communication. You know, once you start time traveling, you know, you can only go back to like, I think it's like 1500 or whatever, and people will vaguely understand what you're saying in English. I think it's like it's like 1540 something or 1536 or whatever is when the King James Bible is written. So you have to speak mm. like the King James Bible to be somewhat understood. True. Yeah. So you would have to learn another language. You would have to like take yeah. every vaccine known to man. Well, uh, I just thought of something else. And this is going to sound really weird, but go, that's fine. Go for it. Uh, so you're saying like not only do people like have different diseases and different um immunities and that sort of thing back then and you might not survive i just had a thought like hey maybe if everything molecularly was changing in people maybe people straight up like do you ever see those pictures those like medieval tapestries where the people look kind of funky and their hands are like all shaped weird yeah 
and they have like flat faces or that orthodox like Christian art where Jesus kind of looks like a a doll. Maybe people actually looked like that back then, and those are just photographs from that era. Yeah, everybody was so just you get made off your, of, like, mashed potatoes. Exactly. So you get off your time machine, you look like a modern human being. They might worship you like a god, or they could kill you for being a freak. Yeah. You don't know. Well, at the same just, time, just <laughs> well, to throw cold water immediately on that, well, not immediately, but like, all we have to do is look at statues. Like, we still have statues of people... And they're far more, like, if you look at, like, well, I guess, I mean, once the Renaissance came sta- around. They're statues, they're statues of, like, gods and kings and high-status people, right? Yeah. So they all get their statues done, and they look super, super good. Maybe they were, like, a different breed of human. Eh? Ooh? Mm, I don't know okay. about that. You're just, deflating I, me pretty hard I, on this I, one. I, I just... But you're the one, <clears throat> you're the one who won't let us talk about time travel. <laughs> what do you like about the book, though? Because I, I read that not that long ago, and I remember coming away from it feeling like, kind of like, ooh, this is a bleak look at the future. Yeah, it was boring, first of all. The, like, really, the only good part of the book is where he lights the the woods on fire and starts beating the fuck out of the Morlocks with the crowbar. That is <laughs> that is a good part of the book. Yeah. Other than that, it's kind of just... like, oh, they're all a bunch of pussies who are afraid yeah. of, like, well people or... <laughs> right very very odd look at the future and then he like goes into the future like at like ten thousand years or whatever there's like crabs walking around that are like the size of houses and shit like what the fuck is going on here well those uh those uh science fiction writers were like always into the weird shit right they were trying drugs and yeah having near-death experiences and dabbling in magic. Creating Scientology, you know. Creating Scientology, you know. It's hard to really separate those two worlds. So, you know, I read some of those books, and (coughs) especially from that era and the British, I get very suspicious because there was a time in British history where a lot of the intelligentsia got their hands on some some very creepy old books, and everything started changing real fast over there. Well, here's... uh... I just forgot what I was gonna say. Time machine. Oh yes, I'm connect. I mean, here we go. We're gonna connect. We're gonna connect the the intro to the beginning, so it actually feels like it was related to time travel. <laughs> what if all our science fiction writers used to be avid hikers who found drum roll the time portals? So these people get lost Genius. in like 1850 or whatever. They go into the future. And they see all the modern technology and stuff. And then they go back and write books like 1984 and um, what's the other one? Fahrenheit 451. Brave New World. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Fahrenheit 451 is like the closest thing to reality we have. I mean, like he talks like I just remember like and it, it blows my mind even more now remembering it. It's like having a group of friends on the TV who aren't really your friends and family. Like, oh, that yeah. sounds like Facebook and Twitter and all that. And it's like all these like different technological devices that you don't really even have. Like, even like a retarded person reads the book like, oh, that's Twitter. Right. And it's like, I mean, how did he know that? I mean. I don't know. You know, <clears throat> I think I mean, um, it's one thing in like political fiction, like 1984, like a person can look at the logical end 
conclusion of totalitarianism so yeah that's probably going to be like a fucked up reality but like to be in order to predict like technological progression with that level of accuracy back in like what was it, the 40s or whatever he wrote that book what 1984 no uh fahrenheit 451 oh i actually don't couldn't say i'm looking at ray bradbury right now let's find out uh <laughs> died uh, he was born in 1920 so yeah like the okay. 40s then okay yeah how did he predict all that technology i mean yeah he went hiking it, it, in the it, woods i had a couple of year a couple of years ago right when i got to austin i remember saying that like i kind of thought that <clears throat> maybe prophets were people who just understood human nature enough to predict what the hell they would do if they had more power and money and it seems like um you know the the modern world was heading toward like the the ultimately um distilled experience and everything that they do so you went from like chewing coffee beans to boiling it and making coffee to making espresso espresso you know um and then you took your your beer went to wine went to um whatever they called the stuff that came before gin that turned into gin and then gin you know became one of the most widely consumed beverages in the world after being banned for a while um these things get down to like higher and higher potency so like the weed of the 60s is not the weed of today right yeah so we need higher and higher stimulation, closer and closer to the source at which we receive that stimulation, which is why she's wearing seashells in her ears in Fahrenheit 451, and I've got this thing, which barely leaves my ear all day long. I'm listening to podcasts and books, which is crazy. Well, I definitely, I think you were on to something with the prophets. I mean, like, if you look at the Bible prophecies, like, oh, if you don't act right the babylonians or the assyrians are going to come in and do all this stuff like really all you had to do as a prophet at that time period was to look at the geopolitical like situation and say yeah like the babylonians are taking over the mesopotamia region we're probably next we're going to be bad and this is generally what happens when cities get sacked like god told you to do this yeah like that's well, could it be that then that prophecy? Oh, it's not that easy. It's not like for, it'd be like a like someone living in like Iran today, being like, "America's probably going to invade one of these days." <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, it's a safe assumption. <laughs> well, I think I think I'm not talking about specifically biblical prophets. I mean, like guys who like I would say that Orwell was something like a prophet. Yeah. He warned us about the logical end of what we were constructing back then. Yeah, so I'm, which, I'm like wondering I said, if, like Orwell could just be like a forward-thinking person, but for someone like a science fiction writer to this closely predict future technology, I mean that could be a form of time travel, couldn't it? Yeah, well, using it's your like, imagination you know, to see into the future. You know, to bring it back to the Bible, you know, if we a lot of people get real, even Baptists will get real speculative on the Book of Revelations. It's like are all these like judgments or whatever, like actual alien looking creatures, or was that just his way of explaining the technology to someone? It's like a, like the one's like a locust with a man's face and whatever, like shot, like spit fire out of its mouth. Like maybe that's just the only way he could describe a helicopter, like firing hellfire missiles. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, a, that makes it, sense it makes a noise like a locust. It, you can see people in the front of it and fire is coming out of the sides of it. I mean, or well, is memory, or is just the, you know God just going to unleash fucking like literal dragons on Earth? Which I mean, I think that's pretty cool too. Either way, really. Well, here's the thought: You ever go into a building and it's the first time you've been in there, 
And you think it's laid out in a way that it's not. So when you discover that there's like a hallway here or an extra room there, or hey, this extends out here and it shouldn't, <clears throat> you start to rebuild your mental structure of that building. And the longer you stay there, the more familiar you become with it. And every now and then you'll get a flash of memory reminding you what your first conception of the building was like. Like the place where I work, it's huge. And one of the jokes that they kept throwing around was it gets smaller. The more you're there, the smaller the building feels. But when you first get there, it feels like you're boarding the freaking Titanic, right? And it's true. As, as I started, as I spent more time there, I was like, holy shit, this building is getting smaller, right? I just, that reminded me of a, a, a Jerry Seinfeld joke. He's like, I like to repaint my apartment, but every time I do, it gets smaller. <laughs> and also that reminded me of a story of a, this doctor, he worked with dementia his whole life, and ironically, he got dementia in his old age. And he was convinced that every day that they were redesigning the hospital just to fuck with him, because he couldn't remember <laughs> what the hospital looked like. He thought like it was like that the stairs in Harry Potter, like every like every time he went into his room, like they would just like rechange, like they would lay out the hospital in a different way just to mess with this one guy. And so he started becoming like really hostile with the staff. He's like, "You guys keep changing the hallways." <laughs> what if he was right and they actually were? I mean, this is like the world's most elaborate prank. Like, convince the guy who researched dementia his whole life that he has dementia. Like, what if he was fine the entire time? <laughs> the hospital staff just like bullied him into thinking he had a disease. <laughs> That's a pretty elaborate prank. Uh, next season on Impractical Jokers. Yeah. <laughs> we give a man dementia for laughs. Oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, Just like rem- time travel. Amazing. That reminds me- <laughs> We're having a really hard time bringing it back to time travel. <laughs> yeah, so we, this is what happens. Like, every time we get together, we get worse. It's just like, because, you know, if you guys don't know... <laughs> Me and Aaron do this show on the side for my Patreon called Off the Rails, where we just, you know, spend an hour just talking about whatever. And if you've noticed, longtime viewers who have known, like, I've been on the show, I think this is my, what, my fourth or fifth appearance on your show. Like, every time I show up, it gets, like, less and less structured. Like, first time it was Bowman. Like, that was, like, a actually half-written script on my end. And then <laughs> we did, well, Bhagavan Sri Rajneesh, you just kind of called me up last second. And, you know, I accurately predicted that Colt's actions almost to the letter every single time, which still kind of creeps me out to this day that I could do that. And then Something like a prophet, one might say. And then, yeah, we then we did the Ninja Turtles, and then we just, that went completely off the rails in the middle. But at least that had some sort of structure. <clears throat> and then now we're just, we're here. We're just... We just v- shoot the shit. Vaguely random, like, like we I mean, at least we're keeping it somewhat in the ballpark this time. It's true. For for the most part, we we do tend to leave the ballpark and yes. you know scout play a the different sport. And... We start playing baseball. We finish on the football field. You know, <coughs> yeah. Go to the bar across little, the street. A little bit of hockey in the middle. The you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, at least we, we're we're keeping it good, and we should probably just stop patting ourselves on the back and talk about time travel. Well, I, I think we should time travel like two minutes back in the past. <laughs> we didn't have this rant. <laughs> uh I, I don't think we have the technology just yet, but perhaps soon. Yeah, I feel like the crop key is time travel right <laughs> up on back. 
<laughs> nice what if, little... I, what if this what if this whole episode is just so disjointed because we're actually time traveling back and yes. forth during the conversation or what if my theory about god <laughs> stopping humans from achieving time travel is right now like i'm like i'm so close to the answer and god's like yeah fuck it confuse him <clears throat> well let me ask you a question then so do you think god has limits as it not not like not like the oh can God make a rock so big he can't lift it? I mean like does he say all right you're never getting time travel, you're never con you're never putting a base on the moon, you know you're never going to use Antarctica for terraforming or anything like that. Does 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 God have limits? I'm asking. <clears throat> no, I think everything he does is within the scope of the laws of the universe, like the laws of matter. Because if you notice in the beginning. Before there was light or anything, God exists. And, you know, this is, like, one of the arguments that, like, the evolutionists like to use. Like, well, who created God? Like, what if he was just a, the being that existed from the beginning of matter who could manipulate it? So, you know, God doesn't just make the universe out of nothing, out of blackness. There's shit there. It's just, like, chaotic particles everywhere. And he's the one who forms the planets and puts stars in the sky and makes light sources. So essentially, everything is within the laws of matter. Gotcha. As we can I observe see. it. Like it can't be it can't be created or destroyed, but it can be changed. Yeah. Like so you can alchemy. You, you, <laughs> you can explode your house, but the, the atoms, they just they move to a different place. We, you turned your wood your wood crown molding into <coughs> smoke particles. The same thing. It's just in reverse. So the smoke particles were turned into a house or earth or whatever you want to call it. Sure. What? Do you think maybe time is a limitation put on human beings like that? E that we're not allowed to dispense with because we are human. Yes and no. Like some theor like some physicist will say like time is just a human construct or whatever. But there's also molecules that we can observe time. Like is like cesium seventeen or cesium twenty. Like one of the cesium isotopes <laughs> is how we know what a second is. Like we can like cesium consistently ticks like a clock. Like something in the molecular level we can observe to say, all right, that's how we know what one second is. And then we sort of expand that out from there. So, I mean, time exists. Matter exists. We know we can change matter. It's like, uh, well, I mean, you don't really, you never watch Watchmen, so you don't know. But like the, the, the blue naked guy, Dr. Manhattan, <coughs> that's his power. He can alter matter in any state. That he could take an, a hydrogen molecule and add 79 molecules to it and turn it into gold, just like that, if he wanted to. Hmm. And so essentially, that's like the theory, like with matter and like if there is a, a creator of the universe is, you know, he just changed the molecules of matter into something with shape. And purpose. I see. So are we things with purpose? <laughs> well, that all or depends. Are we just, <laughs> that all depends. Is yeah. purpose a human construct? Because, I mean, well, that's, that's a... yes, it is. Because animals don't understand purpose as far as we can tell. Like, we have, we've created this. 
Like I, I was just I did a rewatch of True Detective recently, and that it's a great show. Well, the f- first season is great. The second season and third, like eh. First season's great. The one guy, he's a philosophical pessimist, and he's talking about humans, and he says like nature created an aspect of itself that it didn't understand. And then he goes on to say like the the only responsible things for humans to do is to stop breeding and then walk hand in hand into extinction. So the guy's got a lot of crazy, like nihilistic concepts. But that's yeah. one of them. It's like humans have a consciousness, but we don't we don't understand consciousness because we can't observe it in something else. Like we're the only thing hmm. that has it as far as we know. Hmm. Like animals can have personality and different like different traits, but there's no observable you know purpose in them or there's no like higher thought other than the immediate thoughts of the time yeah it's not like a dog sits around and goes why am i here yeah. they're just like ball food yeah, yeah he fun. just looks at the stars and like i wonder if there's other dogs <coughs> looking at these same stars there's a there's an innocence to that of course you know a dog that just oh there's just stars up there that's the moon i howl at it that's all there is to it you know humans are like how do we get there and stick a flag in it right now? <laughs> it's like, but why? Why? Well, that's the duality of man. Like we we yearn for control, but we also yearn for the lack of control. We mm. want we want to establish dominance over our own lives, but pretty much every chance we get, we revert back to childhood, where all of our needs are taken care of and we just exist carefree, all yeah. while achieving to have total dominance over our life. So that's the you know, like they said, the duality of man, our conflicting desires of both control and freedom. Yeah, that's a lot like um the two characters in the machine stops, which I never put out on my main feed, but I might at some point. But there's one character who has her every need met in her room. She has all of her friends in her room on her little computer screen. But she has this son who's like, how the hell do we get out of this? And he like starts looking for holes in the system so he can break out. And when he finally does, he's so weak, he just gets basically squashed by the elements. All he can do when he finally gets out of the machine is just lie there. (laughs) But there's something in some people, I think, that they want to reach farther, look higher, find something further out. They think about how the hell we can do something like time travel, but also what would we do with it? And I don't know. Well, that's what advances as a species. Like we're biologically designed to both want stability and also despise it. You know, yeah. I mean, people, people, I mean, the majority of people, like I would say 99.9% of the population wants to just exist they want to have enough money to pay their bills and have a little bit of free time and spend time with their family they don't really yearn for adventure or whatever but at the same time people also find themselves bored with that because of the way our bodies are set up that you know things that give us dopamine and happiness after a while lose their sting you know it's like drugs or any other pleasurable activity like the first time you do it is amazing and then every right. subsequent time you do it after that, it gets worse and worse. And, you know, human consciousness is the same way. Like we, there's certain people in our society who always have to push the limits. You know, that, that's how the species progresses. You know, Leonardo da Vinci, 
wants to understand the human body. So he begins dissecting it and writing medical manuals. And then someone reads those medical manuals and say, well, I can do better than that Da Vinci hack. And he begins chopping <laughs> open corpses and, oh, look at this. This is something Da Vinci missed. Look at this. You know, that that's basically internet culture for some YouTubers now. Like, I did this better or I have a better opinion than this. Well, if they had actually applied that to practical things in life, this thing of where our society could be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that one meme where it shows, like, the, the futuristic society that says, like, this is society if, you know, blank does blank. You know, you know, Julius Caesar isn't assassinated or, you know, what insert historical event here. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, to, to bring this once again back around to time travel. <laughs> so another theory of time travel is as soon as we invent it, we essentially create the multiverse. I know you didn't see them, but the, you know, that's the, the crux of Avengers Endgame. Is, you know, Thanos comes, he wipes out half the population, and they say, let's invent time travel to go back and stop him. And they say, well, all we're going to be doing is creating a different dimension, going and taking the things we need, and then coming back here. So then... So that's what, you that's like what the Spider-Verse was. Yes, essentially. So I saw that one. I mean, that's all like the new Marvel things now. It's like, look at this kooky <laughs> version of these successful characters, because we created a multiverse, an endgame. So essentially, if you go, if you can create that kind of time travel and go back in time with literally zero consequences, because, you know, I mean, it's an entire universe full of people, but they're not your people. You know, you're going, when you hop in your time machine, you're going back to your time with whatever you learned there. So you become essentially like a video game protagonist, like, well, fuck all these people. They're not real. Yeah. So then becomes the question, where would you go? I have an answer for this already, so it gives you time to think. Okay, well, give I, us your answer. I go to the Cuban Missile Crisis, and I tell Kennedy to do it. <laughs> Why? Well, you, you know how fascinated I am with nuclear war, and there's some military people out there, like now that the Soviet Union archives are declassified, that say, we could have won. Really? Because the Russians had a bunch of missiles, but very few of them were good enough ICBM-wise to reach continental United States. Like, Europe is fucked. Well, I mean, honestly, Europe is fucked no matter what you do, but that's why they had to move them to Cuba, because they, they couldn't really hit the United States with many ICBMs in their current arsenal. Meanwhile, we had all kinds of ICBMs that could have blown up all of Russia. And I kind of want to go and experience that. Like, I want to see what nuclear war does to the planet. Because there's a lot of theorists out there, like Carl Sagan, who believe even a very limited nuclear exchange in one part of the world would start an ice age. His rationale being most of these bombs that we have are so big, it literally throws dirt into space. And a lot of that dirt because it literally it, it breaches like the ionosphere or whatever one of the top ones is, it kind of gets stuck in the atmosphere and begin like a, it's essentially a volcanic eruption. You know, after these like big eruptions like Krakatoa or K two, like there's a cooling period for like ten or fifteen years afterwards because the the dust is keeping the sunlight from getting to the earth to warm it. Well, if you fire fifty nukes at a country, you know that's like fifty Krakatoa volcanoes erupting simultaneously. So it throws this massive layer of soil into the air that blankets the earth and causes global cooling. 
So what you're telling me is you're not interested in seeing nuclear war. You're interested in seeing an ice age. Well, I'm interested in seeing, I want to see if they're right. <clears throat> you, I mean, there you was. You told Kennedy to do it to see if Carl Sagan was right about space yeah. dust and a mini ice I age. mean, it's a safe experiment. I mean, once, I don't, <laughs> People... I don't, I mean, yeah, I'm extincting the humans in a, in one multiverse, but I mean, they're not my humans. I mean, I'm not going to like. called. Right. I'm, I'm not it's, gonna like disappear because you know my grandparents got nuked by missiles back in the '60s. Back when my man, dad was like eight years old, I should talk to my grandparents about. Well, my grandfather has dementia. So he's probably not gonna remember, but I'll talk to my grandmother. Report back when you do. Be like, what happened? How would you guys feel during the Cuban missile? Because they would have been like in their like mid twenties in the Cuban missile crisis. My parents, my grandparents got married at like 18 and 19 and a half. I think that'd be pretty scary to live through something like that. I don't know if the press was as fear mongery back then, at least not in the same way. I mean, I mean, back then it would have been legitimate. Like, it's not like is are the Democrats or Republicans ruining your life. It's like, are there actual Soviet bombers in the air who are going to drop bombs on the United States? Like, they had valid concerns back then. Yeah, that's true. It's not like, oh, Trump tweeted at somebody. We're going to invade them now. It's like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I think, I think, um, uh, that's really funny, though. You go to JFK and tell him to do it. That's hysterical. <laughs> Good well, answer. I, I just, I, I was just listening to uh, Dan Carlin's excellent uh, Blitz edition from the, the Destroyer of Worlds. And I remember hearing that it's like we we figured out now that like we could have won a nuclear war, whatever winning a nuclear war looks like. Yeah, you know, isn't uh, Christopher Nolan doing something about um, I am become death, destroyer of worlds? I don't know. It's definitely gonna... something Christopher Nolan would do. He's working on a movie about that guy. Uh, what was his name? I just want to see like a nuclear explosion shot by Christopher Nolan. I feel like that would be. Like I, I bet he will. I bet he will. I, I feel like if we get like Christopher Nolan nuke. as the director, I want Michael Bay as my cinematographer. That may just be the best nuclear explosion we've ever seen on screen. Oh yeah! Like you have oh, yeah. Michael Bay's expertise on look making explosions look cool, and Christopher Nolan's scale and like ability to see like a scope of a shot combined in a nuclear explosion. <laughs> get a little yeah. shiver right there. Yeah, I would uh, I would watch the fuck out of that movie in movie theaters. Well, hey, he might get a chance because you know his next movie is about that, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does like a miniature nuke and films it like for the movie. If he has it, if he has a movie about Oppenheimer or the nukes, I I really oh. I I'm gonna give it a one star review if it doesn't have the meeting between Oppenheimer and Truman. What meeting? Where the meeting where he comes in and he's like all weepy. He's like, oh, I have blood on my hands. I developed this bomb that killed so many people. And after when, afterwards, so according to one person, Truman said, never let, that never let that fucking cretin in my sight again. Blood on his hands? He didn't drop the bomb. I did. He doesn't have half the blood on his hands that I do. You just don't go around belly aching about it. Wow. That's pretty intense. Cause and then after that, Truman nicknamed him the crybaby scientist. <laughs> he is. Oppenheimer was a bitch. I mean, <laughs> his, little, 
his little, some of us laughed, some of us cried, others didn't know what to do. Well, that's, I remember I mean, the Hindu scripture. I mean, I am become death destroyer. It's like, it's so weepy. Like of all, of all the Oppenheimer things, I mean, that quote's not bad because I mean, that's literally oh, I get right it. after I, the bomb exploded, but like afterwards to be like, I killed all those people. I mean, Truman's right. Like he was the one who authorized the use of the bombs. Yeah. But it's like, hey, you're developing weapons technology. What did you think they were going to do? Build a zoo with it? Yeah. Like, oh, I got paid, but now I feel so guilty. It's like, accept it. You built a nuke. Fuck you. I mean, especially, well, I mean, I feel like if, if Oppenheimer could see, like, if we could go back and grab Oppenheimer before he gets throat cancer and dies, come back and bring him to modern day, show him the world is still here, nukes haven't killed everybody, and then take him back again. I feel like he would appreciate his creation more. Maybe. Because, I, just, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, at the end of the day, that's the concern about nukes is when are we going to use them against each other? Not all of the good they've done. I mean, the fact that there hasn't been a war between the great powers since World War II is due largely, in my opinion, to nuclear weapons. And also, if you look in the moment, like the two bombs dropped on Japan, probably they killed. Roughly as many people were dying in the fire bombings every day, but it stopped roughly a million people from dying more in World War II, because that was like yeah. the estimated casualty figures for the invasion of Japan it was over a million. So 130,000 people fried instantly in nu two nuclear explosions, and it saved 830,000 people or 870,000 people. Estimated, yeah. Yeah. It's it's all it's all one of these things where it's like, would you do it? Eh, yes, that's a tough question, right? No, I don't even but hesitate. The, I say yes. I pull that. I know, I know. But you're. You I know, push you. that button every single time. Fry him. <laughs> you can't say that on the air. Oh, clearly today I get like every now and again when I get high I get really aggressive. Oh yeah, I get I get reefer madness. You know, most like most of the times when I smoke or do edibles, I'm like, I'm on a spaceship filled with love. You know, I just get this like general feeling of me moving. Like I like I I always describe it as a dog sticking its head out the window. Like that's as close as I can feel to it is when I'm high. But they also get this like sensation of just like just loving everybody. But every now and again, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to commit a murder. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> And clearly, you know, talking about nuclear weapons and time travel, I'm definitely in that kill everybody kind of mentality. Just to see what would happen. That's, I mean, that's what happened, what you get when you believe in a multiverse. I bet. Uh, what if, as the, right, here we go, this is the ultimate high thought right here. Do it. What if you time travel to a point where you could stop humanity from ever existing? Like, say Adam and Eve are real, and you just go back in time and just assassinate them. Like, does God come down from heaven? And then you're just like, yeah, that was pretty cool, huh? Like, what, what, uh, what does he do at that point? You know, that this is why, you know, time, like, if there is a God, he will not allow time travel. Because either one, the creation myth is bullshit, and he doesn't want that disproved, or you could literally stop humanity from existing. Well, I think he just hides the bodies, turns you into a snake, puts you in a tree, and then does it again because he's got plenty of dirt yes, to create. Yes, what if the with. devil is a, a, a former time traveler or the the talking snake? 
Oh, holy shit. Yeah. The like, Ouroboros, like, like you might what say. It, uh, <laughs> here's a good, it's an even better high thought. Like, what if in the original Adam and Eve story, <laughs> it's a dragon? And, like, the dragon tricks Adam and Eve, so he's like, well, fuck it, I'm going to make you into a lizard. And then, like, the lizard tricks Adam and Eve, so he's like, well, fuck it, I'm going to turn you into a snake. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, what is like? If I create time travel and assassinate Adam and Eve, like, what is the, the next story? Like an earthworm offered Eve? <laughs> no, I think the third time's the charm. God came down and said, "Look, if you can do it as a snake and not a dragon, I gotta hand it to you. Yeah. You win, right, and so you can it, rule this world of darkness." Yeah, here's the because I mean, for those people out there who are saying, "Well, <laughs> if you assassinate Adam and Eve, you know, God can just make an Eve for you," I shoot them and then shoot myself. You know, I, I immediately just end the human race. Wow, that's really sticking it to God right there. I mean, just I like, suppose if no. he's, if he is God, he could just create two more people. I mean, I feel like that wouldn't be too much work for him. But still. no, I mean, he's he's God, and you, you know, know, he just had a a, week, a Sunday off, so he's ready to get back into it. You I know? minorly inconvenience the creator of the universe. That automatically makes me the most powerful being that ever existed, next to possibly the devil. Yeah, which if you think about it. That's all like the devil's rebellion is, which is a minor inconvenience to God. He's like, I want to be you. And he's like, ha, you're in hell now with a third of my angels. Like he didn't <laughs> he didn't even take a majority. He took a third. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, politically, that's not enough to do anything in the world. Well, I mean, not democratically, but I'm pretty sure, you know. Which really Satan makes you wonder. Democracy. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder, like was lucifer really that close to god's power level that he thought like yeah i can do this uh yeah i mean depends on what which mythos you're following because i'm talking about like the, the strict uh, i came from a baptist upbringing so you know like okay, strictly so like what's the, said in the bible like satan leads his well lucifer at that time leads his rebellion and a third of the angels are cast out of the sky right so christianity then, from chili's yeah <laughs> Because I was gonna say, um, there. What I don't remember if it was um, Dante describing Lucifer as being, you know, basically like a reverse Jesus, where like he leads you to redemption through the understanding of the darkness you've plumbed, as as in Lucifer is the light bringer, um, as in he teaches you through your depravity, as whereas Jesus teaches you through your morality and your uprightness and your truthfulness. But they both end, end you up in the same place, whether it's following Lucifer to the to the uh, natural end of his ideas or following, you know, Jesus to the natural end of his ideas. I've heard there's something like brothers, which is why the Mormons put made them brothers in the Book of Mormon. Well, I mean, I feel like... I'm just Jesus to, and his brother Satan. <laughs> once again, to loop this back in, this is a very looping podcast, but... You know, what? that kind of just proves my theory about God and time travel. Like, what if the devil is a time traveler? I mean, humans were born capable of knowing good and evil, but supposedly they didn't know it until they ate from a tree that another being told them wouldn't kill them like God said. So the creation is based on a lie. Essentially, God lies to the first humans because he knows that, you know, we're going to do things or whatever. We want to get all Calvinist on it. But, um... The last time someone tried to interfere with God's plans, you know, the whole, the world is irrevocably changed. He creates this, like, torture chamber for the undetermined future for the person who did that. Like, and we think that a human's going to be able to create a machine that can go back in time? I mean. 
I don't know. Well, because if you look into, if you look into, um, uh, more, I don't know what you call it, occultic teachings on Satan, he literally is a character that falls from the sky, um, and he gives humans technology. A Prometheus. Uh, yeah, Prometheus, exactly. Um, did I tell you about that Freemason movie I watched? No. I think it was called Things to Come. It's hilarious. It literally has a guy fall from the sky and give these brutal humans destroyed by, like, World War Three the technology that they need to create a utopia on the planet Earth. Absolutely hysterical. But I was telling, um, I was telling my brother, like, I called it. Like, five minutes into the movie, I'm like, oh, this is a movie from Freemasonry. There is going to be a guy in a plane who falls out of the sky and gives people a bunch of technology. I just said, just you watch. And then it happened, and I was just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you knew it was a Scientologist movie if they fell into a <clears throat> volcano. That's true. That's true. But I did not call that because Scientology had not been invented at the time that movie came out. So I thought Scientology was invented in, like, the 80s. Scientology was invented throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Yeah. Well, oh, the, you're talking about the movie. I thought you were talking about, like, your watching of the movie. I was like, I'm pretty sure by the time that you... <laughs> Oh, watched no. and understood the movie, the, a movie Scientology was already a thing the movie came out in like 1936 oh okay yeah but yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's a whole nother episode right there just on the Freemason just conspiracy theories about ancient orders in general yeah well I think one of my, my favorite theories about history is, is cyclical theories um, where people just go through the same shit over and over and over again, like Israel and the Bible. You keep reading the Old Testament, you're like, Israel, just listen to God and stop fucking this up. And they're like, but then Israel forgot the ways of God and worshiped the Baal. And then we like, go on Twitter, why? like, we say, how can they do this? And we go on Twitter and it's like, pedophilia is the next sexuality. It's like, all right, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, we've literally got our own golden bowl downtown New York, yes. you know? It's like, oh my God, it's right there. Like, but. I find it hilarious in a way. Once again, the duality of freedom and control. You know, we want something to govern our lives to tell us what to do so we don't have to make hard decisions. And then we want to complain because that governing body is taking away our freedom to make hard decisions. Yes, it is. A, it is quite a conundrum, isn't human it? Human history is just that cycle of humans wanting more control. And then once control takes over, they want more freedom. And they want more control again, and they want more freedom, and they want control again. You know, look at medieval Europe. You know, you have, well, starting in the classical period, you have the democracies of Athens and Greece and the Roman Republic. Then it becomes the Roman Empire, and then it becomes tribal society, which has to unify into kingdoms again, which then yeah. eventually turns into the Enlightenment, which turns into the, movie, the movements for democracies and republics. And now we're coming to the end of democracies and publics and republics and going back into totalitarianism again yeah and i think i think we're gonna see like a neo-feudalism as well as a neo-totalitarianism uh almost definitely well i i don't know because feudalism is based on like owning blocks of land and things yeah. and well, blackrock just bought half the united states bill gates just bought a whole bunch of land yeah. out in the but at the Zuckerberg same time Moss. like with the the increase they're setting up man globalization though every like, there is there's going to be no borders soon i guess the it's a cons be, it's a conspiracy there, theory but it's also a stated fact of certain people in the, the world 
Well, it's, you know, it'll probably be like corporate land. Like you may not have nations, you may not have borders, but you'll definitely have a fence up around the Facebook facility. Yeah, it's like I want to yeah. live in, you know, the Walmart section of the world, you know, uh, fuck the Amazonians, you know, Walmart has always been at war with East Amazonia. God damn it, I hate I hate that you're probably right about that. Oh, I really do. Uh, Walmart has always been in war with East Amazonia (laughs) and the Netflix has always been our greatest ally. We've always been at war with Netflix and Amazonia has always been our greatest friend. Put it in the memory hole, motherfuckers. (laughs) I think that's a great way to end the episode right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was a a fun little aside. I'm glad we could put this together and have this absolutely bonkers discussion. Yes, I think that I think that the episode of the title should be biblical physics instead. I feel like that we did more of that than time travel. Yeah, you you know, I didn't expect you to break out break into the Bible and God and religion so much. I didn't either too. Like I just I wasn't on a tear there. I was dude, on a, a that, philosophical tear. But I will say I will say it was welcome. I really love yes. talking about that stuff. You know? We'll definitely fun. have to do more of that in the future. Yes, but this has been Neil Eckert of the War and Conquest podcast, everybody. We just wanted to throw together a little piece of... He's waving right now at all of you. He, he loves you. You can't see him. And, you can't see it. But you can feel You can feel the love. You can feel the spaceship of love. Through, through the spaceship of love, through the airwaves. Thank you, Neil Eckert of War and Conquest. Everybody should go check out his show. It's really, really... And if you got an extra $10 a month, you can listen to me and Aaron go off the rails on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so just go check out his Patreon page, see what you like there. I know the guy makes killer memes. There's, like, at least at least 25 episodes that we've done over the years. I mean, because we've known each other for, what, like two and a half years now? Yeah. And I feel like you've been on at least, like, 85% of, yeah. So I would say at least 20 episodes at an absolute minimum. This is true. And... They're all spread out throughout different times of my life, and I was sp- speaking very <laughs> freely for the most part. My ex-girlfriend's on a few of them. She's drunk as shit most of the time. Yep. It's a good time. It's a good time. But anyway, we'll bring that to a close. Uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. We knew the world would not be the same. Few people laughed. Few people cried. Most people were silent. I remembered the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita. Vishnu is trying to persuade the prince that he should do his duty. And to impress him, takes on his multi-armed form and says, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all thought that one way or another. Oppenheimer was a bitch. I mean, not- <laughs> <laughs>